Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're continuing on the subject of prayer as taught by Jesus Himself in Matthew chapter 6. Last week, we took a careful look at Jesus' warning about praying hypocritically. We learned that that kind of prayer may earn you congratulations from men, but it displeases God. We might call that lesson, How Not to Pray. Now in verses 9 through 15, Jesus will teach us how to pray. This is our second week on the topic of prayer. I got a bit ahead of myself last week and mistakenly gave you this week's sermon title. Last week was from the sermon titled, When You Pray. This week, the title is, Pray Like This, Part 1, and we'll focus on verses 9 and 10. Next week, we'll take you all the way through verse 15 with Part 2. Here is today's piece of the message entitled, Pray Like This, Part 1. Now, there's several ways to see that um, prayer potentially being answered. Obviously, the, the most clear one is you're praying for the kingdom to come. Uh, like Titus says, we, we who love his appearing, we're looking forward to seeing him face to face, being uh, knowing him as we are now known uh, by him. Right now we live in a sin-cursed, upside-down world. Ephesians 2.2 2 says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says he is the God of this world. So we want the real king to come. The earth is a revolted territory within the, the, the creation of God, and we want to see that turned back right side up. So in this age, we are members of a spiritual kingdom, Colossians chapter 1. You have been transferred from the domain of darkness, where Satan is the god of the age, the prince of the power of the air. We've been transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of His beloved Son. That's our citizenship. We belong to that kingdom. But right now, we have to operate behind enemy lines. Right now, our king is not present on earth reigning. We're like ambassadors in a a country that is under the domination of our spiritual enemy. And all around us are the captives of the enemy. So right now, our mission is to help the captives see the light and be set free to serve the true and coming king. So he says, pray that the kingdom will come. Now, kingdom isn't here used primarily for geographical boundaries. It has more to do with with sovereignty and dominion. When you're praying for the kingdom to come, you're praying for God's rule to come more and more widely and visibly to earth and ultimately for the king himself to come. If you want to do one of the richest Bible studies you can ever do, take the theme of kingdom and king, kingdom of God, 
kingdom of heaven. Trace the kingdom theme from the beginning of the Bible through the end. You will see what a spectacularly beautiful, seamless theme this is. Revealed progressively through the scriptures until you have the fullness of it in the millennial kingdom on earth. And then like 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, when he's done there, Jesus then presents the kingdom back to the Father. It's, it's a beautiful theme. Now, in this prayer, we want to be honest with it. Your kingdom come. The word come is an aorist verb which describes a sudden, complete coming. So, the foremost reference is to the future coming to earth of the kingdom of God in the millennial reign. But in the meantime... Like Jesus says in John 18, verse 36, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not about territories. It's it's not connected to earthly, political, national entities. His kingdom is set apart from the evil world system, which is in rebellion against God. And since sinful people cannot be part of a divine reign... It is only when he sweeps aside in judgment everything to do with the man-made kingdoms of this world that the kingdom of Jesus is going to come to earth. We're not here to take over geographical territory in the name of Christ. We are here as ambassadors of the coming king. And we've had some really ugly stuff happen in our nation uh, lately, recently as last week, how, how sad to see the, the capital uh, overrun by people committing anarchy and in some cases violence and um, defacing things and ridiculing. Tragic to see that, but far worse than seeing that was the fact that with some of those people, they were prominently displaying Christian symbols while they were committing vandalism and breaking and entering and violence. Uh, that, that's, that's so horribly incongruous. We are not here to take over geographical territory. We are here as ambassadors of the one who created everything and his coming to reign eventually over everything. And we bring the good news that you don't have to be among those who are judged when he comes. Our efforts now, they've already been described in the chapter before this. We're to be like salt and light. Or Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. You were darkness, now you are light. We, we bring light where the darkness is. We bring a, a, a preserving influence like salt. We, we, we slow down the corruption. We retard the degradation of the society wherever God's people really are. And people see our light shining in the darkness and they glorify our Father who is in heaven. That's nothing less than the salvation of souls. So to say your kingdom come, we're praying that people are going to come to know the king. So in a sense, the kingdom of God not only is going to come ultimately when Jesus comes, but it comes by way of personal conversions to the Lord himself. 
In a sense, your kingdom come is a prayer for the salvation of souls. And it's also a prayer for us that we would ever more accurately represent the king. So it's also a prayer for spiritual growth and, and commitment. But ultimately, this part of the prayer is going to be answered in fullness when the king of kings and lord of lords shows up to reign. Next petition. This will be our last for today. Pray then in this way, not only your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't want to take a big side trip here, but you might well understand, most of you do, that the most obvious antinomy in the Bible is the tug of war between the sovereignty of God and the freedom of choice that is accorded to man. The word antinomy means opposing laws. This law is true. This law is true. But how do you explain both of them being simultaneously true when it appears that they contradict? If you interpret the sovereignty of God underneath the the will of man, you get it all wrong. And if you interpret the will of man under the sovereignty of God, you get it all wrong. Both are true. Don't mess with either one. They are both absolutely true all the time. You can't explain that? That's good. That means you're not God. And you need this book. Okay? You have to be able to let those things stand. Well, prayer is one of the arenas in which those two apparently opposing truths come side by side. If God does not act in response to prayer, then prayer is fruitless. And what a cruel thing for Him to tell us to pray if it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. So even though we can't explain the nuances of the mysteries, we accept prayer as the, as the privilege that it is. And when you pray, if you don't believe in the sovereignty of God, for goodness sake, stop praying and go study some theology. If you don't believe that God is in complete control of everything, why in the world would you pray to Him? Maybe He's the best thing you got, but if He's not the ultimate thing, He's not God. So pray and understand He is the only one that you can pray to and He can change things according to whatever needs to be done, including changing you. Now, what does it mean then to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? We'll start by observing that that confirms that God's will is not always done on earth. Now, is He sovereign? Yes. Does He know the end from the beginning? Yes. Will everything come to the conclusion that He intends for it to come to? Absolutely yes. But between now and then, in the moral realm, His will is not always done on earth. Therefore, to pray for God's will to be done is to ask that people submit to the revealed moral will of God. It is a prayer that people will do right. It's a prayer that I'll do right. 
God, your will be done on earth it is, is how today can I be an influence for your will? If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.